I'm a human being, and human beings get hungry. And very frequently, specifically in my case, there are some forms of food in the fridge, or in the freezer, or in the pantry, maybe some leftovers that were really great the first time, or the second time, and right now, I just would like to watch the football game tonight while eating food that was prepared by someone else, delivered to me with the magic of modern technology. We've had the internet, we've had sliced bread, we've had air conditioning, all incredible examples of the resiliency and ingenuity of the human spirit. And I'm going to say the next invention that has really changed the world comes from DoorDash. DoorDash, you probably know at this point, is an app that brings you food and the food you're craving right now and drops it off at your door. I love I love DoorDash so much. Ordering is super easy. You can open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-offs. And there are over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and even Australia. So you can support your local go-to, which is so important in times like these. Or you can choose from your favorite national restaurants as well. Many of your favorite local restaurants are open for delivery. You can just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door just a little bit later. So right now, we're thinking, well, this is great. I just, I would love to do DoorDash if I could just get, I don't know, $5 off and zero delivery fees on my first order, $15 or more. Well, you can when you download the DoorDash app and enter code TIME. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code TIME, T-I-M-E. Don't forget, that's code TIME for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. that time jersey. In these crazy times, everyone is there for everyone else. That's how every ad starts, I think. But right now, I, you know, I know so many times I've talked to people around me about how important I think good journalism is, especially uh, whenever you're trying to find out the truth about so many things going on in the world from so many different angles. And, and you know, sometimes people talk about like, you know, what, what's, you know, what, what should I pay for this? What is this worth? Who should I be supporting and all of that? And it's just, especially like media is a hard, it's a hard industry just front to back. It's difficult. And it's so important that we do uh, protect the journalism that we love and that we need in our lives. And I just can't think of a better example of that paying off. I know this is a really serious note for this episode of Times Ours here on The Athletic, but I just can't think of a better example of that paying off then reading Nate Taylor's article about Andy Reid's mask fogging up this week in The Athletic. I mean, it just, I don't know if it's too soon to give out Pulitzers, <laughs> but my personal one goes to Nate Taylor for his work on TheAthletic.com covering the fog issues surrounding Andy Reid's mask. I'm Joshua Briscoe. We now go for comment to Seth Kaiser, also of The Athletic. And yet, comma, Coach Andy Reid realizes the team's first adjustment comma, even before kickoff Sunday against the division rival Los Angeles Chargers, comma, must come from him. My mask, Reed said Wednesday. Man, I love that. You see how he does that? He breaks it up in the middle yeah. to just set just up the just, you know, your mask what, Andy? Mm. My mask, mm. Reed, said, Reed said Wednesday. We're wondering. We are hanging with bated breath. Hanging My mask, Reed said me. Wednesday, wasn't all that successful. And you know what? It's true. Because that was, I was, <laughs> look, I sympathize. So 
you know, I've got a variety of different masks that I wear um, in a variety of places, particularly in court. And I wear glasses and glasses fog up and it's, it's, it's a problem and there's not much you can do about it, but it did. (laughs) This is Nate, man, this article, I'm still scrolling. This is like 3000 words. I he just, gets into the equipment manager and everything. There, there, there are quotes from Alan Wright. It's great. Oh man, Alan's got the interior glass anti-fog. Oh, this is just this is tremendous. I think the best part. This is great stuff. One thing that makes Nate and I'm going to talk about him since he's not here. Um, that is that is what everyone listening right now has to be saying is like when are they going to let Nate talk about this impeccable oh, yeah, yeah. work of journalism? That was going to be the open for today's show. It's going to be me interviewing Nate very seriously about this story, but he's he's not here for today's episode. Yes, which is okay. So instead, uh, but we are we're talking about him behind his back. There is there are very few people that are as good at their jobs as Nate is at his job, and his ability to just dig and get this many quotes about a mask. And I mean, he just he just crushed it, man. And it also helps that you know Alan Wright, the Chiefs Equipment and Director, um, Nate wrote an awesome article on him a while back that you got to check out. I mean, it was great. players love Alan yeah. Wright. It was such a great piece. But it, Nate is just so good at his job. I mean, just uh, listen to this. He, Nate's also great about writing uh, at writing about Andy Reid's wardrobe. He's got he started with the shoes, now he's up at the mask. Like he's gonna there's gonna be a Tommy Bahama story like coming soon. I have to imagine. Oh, look, this there's gotta be. But listen to this: on a hot, humid night after Kansas City experienced rain showers for most of the day, Reid. You let- know what? Was it hot? Was it hot? Did, did Nate? You know what? Was it hot though? Josh. I don't know if you know what year it is, man, but I don't understand why you're letting facts get in the way of a good story. On a hot, humid night, after Kansas City experienced rain showers for most of the day, Josh Briscoe can screw himself. No, that's not what he wrote here. I'm sorry. That's so terrible. Here's the funny thing. We get to say I things only, like that. Here's the thing. I only asked I only asked that because one of the comments on the story was about it being hot, and I found it to be such an absolutely buck-wild takeaway from reading this story to be like, it was like 65 degrees. I don't know if it was really hot out. It's like, man, he talked to Alan Wright. What are you doing right now? He's got a picture of the anti-fog. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I didn't realize that. That was an inside joke to myself. Oh my goodness. Honestly, Fortunately, really was not. So yeah, a hot human day. Any other liberties with the facts in this article? Look, we love you, dear yeah, subscribers Andy to Reed's The Athletic. Yeah, Andy also 17 years old. What are yeah, we doing? We, we love you, dear subscribers to The Athletic. I think- Except that guy. I think you can relax a little bit. Um, and someone replied, and that's your takeaway from this story that Nate isn't a weatherman. <laughs> and it can be humid and hot at 65. Now, I think that, but I'm from Minnesota. It was definitely muggy. It was definitely yeah, so humid it was muggy. and muggy. Okay. But I mean, Commenter. listen to this. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to stop being so um, stunned. Would that I could write like Nate. And I really do mean this. Reed led his team from the Chiefs' sideline with a muggy, condensation filled face shield that attracted the attention of players, assistants, and fans. Reed never took off the face shield in favor of his mask. Instead, NBC's cameras showed Reed often bowing his head to ensure that he could read his large, laminated sheet of plays for the Chiefs' offense. Man, you want to talk about descriptive imagery? I can see Andy. I can see him. Now, to be fair, I did see him, so that makes it easier. But this is good stuff. And I got to say, the jokes the internet was firing off, 
if there's one reason I'm grateful for football being back, I mean, I'm grateful for a lot of reasons. Uh, you and I have talked about this. It is nice to have some normalcy, um, even mm-hmm. on, with the understanding that it's a temporary escape. And then, hey, let's deal with serious problems. But you know what? It's okay to have a little fun. And one great thing about football being back is the internet's got jokes. Every time I think, why am I on this hellscape of a website that is Twitter? Like, and I wonder what, who would subject themselves to the torment of this? Why do we bathe in this poison? Yeah, why are we bathing in this poison? Something like Andy Reid's face shield happens and the internet just gets (laughs) off like 300 jokes that leave me cackling. I mean, and a lot of them are, you know, let's face it, a lot of them are from the same ilk because none of us are original and that's okay. But just because at that point, the Chiefs were just murdering the Texans and and the number of people that were like, can you imagine the score of this game if Andy Reid could see the field? (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know why, but I still find that so funny because it was just, they were beating them so bad and it really looked like he couldn't see. I think my favorite part from this story was also just, was was from Andy Reid immediately after the game as quoted by Nate in the piece saying, uh, yeah, that was brutal. I didn't do very good with that thing. It'll be better the next time. It was a bit of a mess. We'll get it fixed up. You could have asked Andy Reid about anything. in the if you ask Andy Reid about like, so, Andy, your quarterback threw four interceptions, fumbled twice, and also and you were that. looking at the stands during the game instead of looking at the field. Also, your defense didn't play. He'd say, yeah, it'll be better next time. It was a bit of a mess. We'll get it fixed he up. Like, in, that would be his answer. He was in. That was such a total um, football He went quote. in autopilot. He really, yeah. he really is. And, like, that's the beautiful thing with Andy is every now and then you can see him snap out of autopilot. And that's actually something that's yeah. kind of a fun little inside the curtain, maybe behind the curtain, whatever it is, to people. The, Probably behind the very little experience that I have actually doing real journalism things and not just looking at film in my parents' basement is <laughs> – It always just blew my mind when I'd be in the locker room and especially with players that I knew just a little bit better. And, you know, you joke around for a little bit. And the minute that tape recorder comes out, it's just their facial expression changes and their answers become completely different. I have, and it's okay, I can say this now because he made bank and he's balling out in Buffalo. I have an interview with Mitch Morse. That I recorded. I knew what you were talking about by the word have, by the way. You said, I have. I was like, it's Mitch Moore. It, it is so not suitable for work. And he gave some of the funniest answers to a couple of things. And he's just the most affable dude. Um, and it was so funny. And then the minute I asked, like, anything resembling a serious question, just immediately, like, well, you know, we, we got out there. We gave it 100%. You know, that's a great team over there. And it's just, it's all the time. And Andy Reid does that. We love you, Andy Reid. That, but good on Nate. Uh, you know, I do think a Pulitzer, I mean, I don't think it's out of line. It's the it's the no, best I article mean, I've ever read about someone wearing a face shield that fogged up during a professional football game. I would say top two for sure. I mean, I don't want to rule out <laughs> that there might be another one I haven't seen yet, but it, it's got to be top two. Yeah, it's, uh, we. <laughs> so no, go ahead. You got, you got one more. You got one more funny. You got one more. Ha ha. Uh, no, I just uh, no. That's it's good. I was just reading the you know Zing. jokes about Reed's look. Either for people sitting on their couch reacting on Twitter were uttered and shared at a blistering pace. Man, Nate can write. I would never say this Nate's to his a, face writer, because because huh? I'm a man and we don't share real feelings because we're men. No feelings. But man, yeah, Nate. Bottle man, up. he's a good writer. He really is. Yeah. Makes up crap about this the weather, is, This is now... 
This is now, oh, dude, he's a, a awful weatherman. Awful he's a top weatherman. ten writer. No top idea. Top ten writer, bottom ten is. weatherman. Nate's yeah, Nate's running around on thirty degree days. It's like God, it's hot out here. What? The? Yeah, dude, I this is this is sweltering. You're right. You know what that means, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hot out. What? It's thirty degrees. Yeah, dude, I know. It's blistering out here. <laughs> You used the word blistering in the story. Okay, never mind, Nate. Whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is going to sound like a continued, uh, just a, a long uh, route, route to getting to uh, promoting the athletic again. But I literally, like, I think that two of my two of my favorite people to just read stuff by are Nate and Alec Lewis, mm. who covers the Royals. And, and you know I'm not making it up for Alec because he writes about the Royals. And so, like, whenever I read what Alec writes, it's for Alec. It's it's because the it's because the writing is good, even though the content quite often makes me sad. Absolutely. The, well, they're on a little hot streak. They are right both now, awesome. So that's not fair. I will say one more. Um, I enjoy reading Uh-oh. your stuff too, Josh. But we're gonna move on from that quickly because again, we're men. Yeah, that's. Um. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I it down. I could read. I literally read everything Joe Posnanski wrote about the Browns last year. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. I could not care less about the Browns. I mean, I could try, but I would not be successful. Like, <laughs> I I just couldn't care less. And, and man, he he writes stuff, and I'm like, I could not write like that if my life depended on it. But I mean, and he also, and in a way, it does. In some ways, <laughs> you could say he also he also writes about uh, he also writes about uh, for, about things for the athletic. So just throwing things yeah. out there. Theathletic.com/slash/times/ours if you want to uh, get a deal. Mm-hmm. Just. Why wouldn't you do that at this point? You could read if you if you heard us talk about how good Nate's story was for ten minutes and you haven't been like, all right, I'll subscribe if you can get me a good deal. Theathletic.com slash times ours or times sours. Yeah. You can do it there. You can fix this problem. Uh but uh we we I, I the, the the opening the opening night game, right? We've talked about this ad nauseum. We're not going back there, but just the the one thing from it that we all kind of agreed on is it was all a little wonky. There there was no lead up in terms of the preseason. Training camp was weird. Like football was just all very strange. We talked about how good the weekend was on Monday. And so I feel like we are in our first real Chiefs like pregame week coverage right now. Because we had games that happened and they're going to play on a Sunday and all of that. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we're looking for from, from Chiefs Chargers. But also, uh, you've written several things already, Seth, and, and there'll be more up by the time people are listening to the show, I imagine. Um, both a story coming to The Athletic and also uh, if if uh, people listening haven't like followed you on Twitter and listened to you uh, on uh, the, the wonderful Almost Entirely Sports radio program that I host, you may not know about Seth's uh, work with the Chief in the North newsletter, a new project he's doing that lets him get out some more stuff a little more quickly and that uh, just shows up in your inbox. If you want to check that out, you can go to uh, Seth's Twitter and it's I think it's still the pinned tweet there or you can mm-hmm. go to... Uh, mnchiefsfan.substack.com to uh, to check out. Uh, there's free stuff up there right now, plus uh, others behind the wall, and uh, you can you can see all of Seth's work there. And and that included this week. You you churned out magically by finally getting the all 22 on the black market. You wrote about Kletchio Simile and Tershawn Wharton a little bit, and that's exciting to me because I'm here on the uh, Kletchio Simile. I might be on the hype train for both of them, but I'm definitely on the Osimile hype train. And I'm I'm curious what you saw whenever you finally did let have the Lord bless you with all 22. <laughs> that's basically how it had to work. Um. The 
Assembly, man. So I, I wrote about him uh, prior in his 2019 tape uh, after the Chiefs grabbed mm-hmm. him, and my takeaway was kind of, man, he, he looks pretty good. I'm I'm surprised that he was available that late, but you know he was injured last year and he kind of feuded with the Jets. The Raiders traded him. Never underestimate, and a lot of people in the NFL are very good at what they do, but never underestimate mm-hmm. how conservative NFL decision makers are and how much they assume that there's a reason if someone's available. Or on the mm. trade market or whatever. I mean, they just, they hesitate when guys are gone. Assembly, man, he he put in some work. Um, he is the nastiest offensive lineman that the Chiefs have had since Jeff Allen. And by that, I, I had a great mm. conversation. Those of you who are listening to this, if you check out, uh, I don't know, KCTV5 on Sunday, you're going to maybe see something about this. I had a great conversation with Desmond Moses, former Chiefs linebacker. Um that's right. We're dropping Whoa, all sorts of hints Whoa. here, aren't we? Whoa. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a thing coming. I think, I, I think I'm only on Channel 5 on Friday this week. Oh, I Sunday mean, morning. Sunday morning pregame. Danny. This, you know what? You know why Nate's not here? I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead and tell you why Nate's not here. He, he's the only person on Channel 5 this week. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's got like seven hours of TV that he's currently taking. I know. Sure I, feel so, I feel so big time doing like 10 minutes. But so it's a great it's a great segment, and Moses had a lot to say about Assembly because he's he's played against him, um, and he had some great stuff to say about Jeff too that was hilarious because he played with him on the same team, and he just said with guys like Assembly. So I, I charted his wins and losses. He didn't lose much. He was really good in pass protection. Um, he was really solid in run blocking. I mean, he was he he had a really really good overall game. Um, they were able to count on him to win one-on-one with power with uh, what, what you might call um, um, gap blocking as opposed to zone blocking. I, I Everyone who listens to me and has read my writing knows I don't use terminology. I try not to because I think it's stupid and I think it's it, it tends to create a barrier. Basically, it's the mm-hmm. idea that you're blocking a man in front of you rather than a spot. And you start off with with combo blocks where you start off two on one, then you go and off onto a linebacker. Okay, he his strength one on one allowed him to just power guys out of the way, as opposed to the Chiefs having to pull guys this way, that way, trying to set up angles. And his some of his combo blocks with Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher's having the time of his life, man, because they just buried some guys. And what Moses said about Assembly was. When you were studying tape every week, you knew what kind of offensive lineman you were going up against. You've got like your technicians like Mitch Morse, who is great. But if you go down, um, I meant Mitch Schwartz. Did I say Morse? I've got Mitch Morse on the brain, of course. Um, I, at this point, whenever, at this point, you could. I Honestly, I don't know. I didn't catch it either way because I've never heard you say Mitch Morse and assume it was an accident <laughs> because you talk about him so much. Yeah, I do. Man, that guy's awesome. Anyway. Um, with guys like Mitch Schwartz or Mitch Morse, really, they, they, they want to block you to the ground. They do want to finish. They, every offensive lineman's got some nasty and then like, everyone's like, oh, this guy loves to finish. Well, they all really do love to finish, but some guys just, if you go on the ground, they are falling on top of you and trying to drive a knee into your kidney. And that's Kelechi (laughs) assembly. Like, and it's, it sounds awful, but man, do you want that dude on your team? If you said that about a person... If you said that about a person at the office, they would be a nightmare to work with. Oh, 
but just a nightmare. I, I would just say, here's the equivalent. Like in my field, there are some lawyers that are going to file every frivolous motion in the book just to make your job a living hell. They're going to challenge everything they possibly can. They're not going to stipulate any exhibits. Now, well, most lawyers will do. You know what? I'm not going to get dragged on a tangent there. But they, they, just, they I don't, just... I did not even know what that meant. They just, just drag you through every single process. You know, Your Honor, do I need to lay the foundation that this person is an expert? Well, I don't think you filed his CV, so I think you need to inquire as to his background. No, we don't. Just admit he's an expert. You know, and instead you get in 10 minutes of testimony. You hate going against those guys, but man, do you not mind when they're on your team. And that's Kelechi yeah. Assembly. That dude is nasty. Like, he is just mean. He he made Zach Cunningham miserable. Um, yeah. Because he would, I mean, when he blocks guys, if they start going down, he just drops all of his weight and just belly flops on top of them. And it is hilarious. So my takeaway from Assembly, he had a great first game, and he really did alter a lot of things they could do in the run game. It was a lot of fun. So I'd love to expand on that second part a little bit in terms of, and I know I know that you, whenever you're watching a guy, it, you're not also grading everyone else, but I am just sort of curious if like, both in in terms of maybe letting letting them do some more things in the running game, and then also what that does do to impact the guys around them. I mean, you mentioned like Eric Fisher's having more fun, the, like the combo blocks and all of that stuff. But but from kind of like a holistic offensive line perspective, do, does does it look different than it did last year? Understanding that we only have one one sample size of a of a game for, for the offensive line as a whole. Um, as a whole, it was tough to say, um, and you know, cause again, I'm not gifted enough to, to watch everyone at once. Um, I know the things right. that they asked assembly to do were a little bit different and same with some of the other interior guys in terms of just straight up power as opposed to yeah. a lot of zone. And so I do think, you know, I've heard people speculate that they might be doing a shift from that. Um, you know, Wiley can do it. Shift. I, he said a shift from that. He said it was a shift. Yeah. You're good. Go ahead. Um, you, I was just clarifying. I was enunciating on your behalf. What did I say? Yeah, I mean, you said shift. You just, the F flew out of the word and landed somewhere not into the audio file. Oh, oh, sure. My my wife my, my wife always says shoot with re- barely pronouncing the ooh. And so it always sounds yeah. Like, like, yeah. So that's my bad. So I think there might be a shift to a more, <laughs> <laughs> to a more power-based approach. Although, um, um, Reader and and Wiley aren't great for that, and that's not really Schwartz's jam either. But I'll tell you, the left side of the line, Fisher, he can do that. Yeah, he can he can do yeah. some power stuff in the run game. So I'm curious to see what they do with that moving forward. Um, it's like you said, it's one game. I don't know. I I was just curious. Like, I'm curious what the Chargers do because I think whether or not they do it more or continue to do what they did against Houston, depends. You know, if the Chargers come in with a similar game plan, it'd be kind of funny to watch the Chiefs open up with, like, the league's leading rusher two weeks in a row. That would make me laugh, yeah. and it would it make would, you cry. Would, yeah, so it, made me, it would make me cry. I almost said that, but it would have been a bit hyperbolic even for me, and so I just decided not to. But then you got it, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, what about the other well, – well, um, let's you know what? Let's stick there for a second then. 
um, just strictly offensively. I, I know that this is stuff that is kind of a work in progress because you did get the all 22 late, but I know you've taken a look some at, uh, at Mahomes's game and, and what they did with Clyde. We've talked about Clyde some here already, obviously. Yeah. Whenever you do look at like what, what Mahomes was doing as you kind of take a closer look, I don't know exactly where you're at in that process, mm-hmm. but he even talked about earlier this week, um, the, the fact that like he said, Chad Henney and Matt Moore both told him that was one of his best games because, he was taking the the super high percentage stuff and it was working. I, I've talked about this a number of times now. Like, I obviously no one listening to this show should have any doubt that that I think our collective favorite version of Patrick Mahomes is bombs away, Tyreek Hill, forty yards downfield. All of that is like it's a blast because it feels like you're watching a a sport being broken. But I also also you know what not not but yet not there yet also. You and I talked about this before the draft in 2017. The idea that Patrick Mahomes would like be totally unable to figure out how to function in an, in an NFL offense was bonkers. You wrote multiple times about how he and Andy Reid were the perfect marriage with a coach and quarterback where, he, where Andy Reid would help him develop and, and become a little more patient and take some of the easy stuff. Because also, he doesn't play with Texas Tech anymore, and he can afford to. And and he talked about that quite a bit. Mahomes did this week, and did talk about kind of the patience and how that does that that you know that did come with time, and and how he is still looking for the deep shots. But whenever there are layups there, you don't always need to take every three, right? Um, except for in this instance, all the all of them are worth the same number of points if it ends up in the end zone. So that might not even be a perfect analogy. There. <laughs> what what have you seen as you've kind of revisited that and and kind of going through the prism of, of how Mahomes has talked about it this week? That's one of the that's one of the topics that I'm diving into for my piece for the athletic this week which i'm hoping to have out um asap to where by the time people read he listen to this you know um, maybe at some point on friday hopefully it'll be out um he, he was winning more with his mind and that's something you and yeah. i talked about man like you saw the number of plays i'm sure where it's like you know they're dialing up a blitz or something home it's like no nah, i'm just gonna get the ball out and yep, yep, I'll just be over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, oh, it's only a seven or eight yard gain. But guess what? Get a few of those and you just go down the field. And the thing is, this idea that, um, you know, if they if teams try to force teams into long drives because, you know, that's more likely there's a mistake. But, you know, Mahomes, he had a miscommunication with Tyree Kill, I think it was, where there was a potential pick thrown. And then he had another one mm-hmm. where it's like, did he know there was a, the flag or was it just because it was fourth down? That he just, well, I'm going to throw yeah. the ball up because that's better than nothing, which other quarterbacks should realize that. Like, what What are you going to yeah, throw like the ball Derek. away? I mean, come on. Um, Derek Carr did do that. I know. So it made me so sad. I was like, dude. Derek Carr ugh. did do that. Um, and so, but he basically. He's tired of being disrespected. Remember, <laughs> don't forget that Derek Carr is tired of being disrespected. He's so tired of it. Um, it's a, it's an interesting thing because Mahomes just doesn't make that many mistakes. And so basically, yeah. like, if you're like, oh, well, we'll force them into this long drive. The thing is, they'll do that. And the thing is, they're mm-hmm. more likely to eventually, especially now that you've got, I mean, we'll see if Edward Solaire continues to play at the level he did in week one. You kind of got, like, they're more likely to eventually rip off a 20, 25-yard run. Or Tyree yeah. Kill's going to, you know, break loose on what should be a five to eight yard play and instead it's a 20 yard play. You know what I mean? It's like, that's almost more likely to happen than them making a stupid mistake. And man, I'm here for this. Like, I don't know what the Chargers are going to do. I really don't. Um, They've got great pass rushers and they scare me. Joey Bosa is a scary Mm -hmm. guy. Like, Mm -hmm. 
he, oh. but anyway, now, so it was more winning with his mind, taking exactly what was available. And that's precisely one of the things I wrote about at the end of the season where I was like, you know, that's something that, you know, he really could stand to improve on. So I want to like on, on the idea that, you know, if, if let's say the chiefs, you, you know, it's mandatory on this drive, they've got to take up a, they got to take 12 plays on this drive. Right. Yeah. I think first of all, you're totally right that there's a, if you say, all right, 12 plays happen, what's more likely they turn the ball over or or they get stuff somewhere or they uh, they just chip away and then eventually score or Travis Kelsey breaks a tackle and turns a, a five-yard throw into a 15-yard gain or Tyreek Hill breaks one for, for 40 and scores right then, whatever. Um, everyone who's watched this team would say the latter is more likely. The, the thing about what type of play I prefer from the Chiefs in general. Like, I like them to take those deep shots because they have a greater chance of of executing them than any other team, like, maybe in the history of the sport when you account for, for quarterback and guy catching the ball. Like, those deep shots are great for them to be taking because they're still relatively high percentage. Mm-hmm. But if you can take the super high percentage stuff that, that continually does actually move the chains, which if that ever stopped, that would change the conversation. But if you do keep moving the chains in those chunks and you, you've got a 90% chance of picking up those six-yard passes, the, the issue for previous versions of the Chiefs, like with Alex Smith or with a lot of other teams that struggle with some of that stuff, is that, that they give up the deep shots to take the easier, shorter thing, or they can only take the easier, shorter thing. So whenever you take that away, their, their offense disappears, or whenever they really need to push the ball in a certain situation, their offense falls apart. The Chiefs are in no way in any sort of danger of either of those things. Right. That's the one thing that I just would like to continue emphasizing as much as possible. Patrick Mahomes is not going to suddenly get scared of of the deep ball. That's still his first look, which I love. And they're going to be so good offensively on those those shorter things. That that's also going to work time and time again. Yeah, it's and I, I like that. That's a really good point, man. Like that um, the. The idea that they've proven certain things, right? Like they don't need to prove yeah. that the deep ball is still dangerous in Kansas City. Like no one, they've proven they could that. they could not execute that for like four weeks, and the conversation would not be should not be what happened to the Chiefs' <laughs> deep ball. It would be question. oh my god, what's going to happen whenever they do throw yeah. the deep ball next time? I'm almost like it would be terrifying. It's how I feel about them not throwing the ball to Clyde in week one. It's not like oh man, I wonder if I wonder if he actually can catch yeah. passes in this offense. It's like well, no, it's he's going to eventually, and some poor defense is going to have a very difficult time yep. dealing with that. You're, you're gonna you're gonna get a few of those, and I I'm so curious about that because I that's why I almost it would be so much fun. And with Derwin James out, it's a little more likely. I still think the Chargers just have a much more talented defense top to bottom than the Texans that Mm -hmm. I don't think it's likely. But it would be really funny if the Chiefs won a really similar game against the Chargers where they still, it still felt like they were kind of going half speed the whole time and just like, well, I mean, we barely have to try. We're just, we're going to let Clyde run for another 120, 130 yards on 25 carries because y'all can't stop us, blah, blah, blah. Because that would be perfect for them because they got Baltimore in week three. And it would be great if Baltimore, like if Jim Harbaugh going into this, they're like, what's Andy going to do? He'd be like, I don't know. Like, I don't don't think he's just going to run the ball. That's going to be true regardless of what happens this week for in fairness. That's true. Regardless of what they do against the Chargers, what are they going to do against Baltimore? I I don't know. (laughs) And, And Mahomes even got asked on Wednesday, I think. 
um, about like, you know, was it kind of, did it feel kind of vanilla or whatever, which is a question we talked about where I don't, it, it, I'll, I'll just tell you what Mahomes said. And he said, well, you know, like we, we go into every week with a lot of plans and a lot of plays and a lot of options, a lot of game plans and stuff. And, and this is what was working. And if that is happening, like, yeah, you can, you can do the thing that is working as long as it is actually working. Like, it, regardless of what that ends up looking like against the Chargers or against the Ravens, they're probably going to do some retooling on the fly and then eventually figure it out. Like, as long as they as long as they are able to adjust quickly enough, then it's about the defense readjusting to the adjustment, and that's the chess match of of offensive and defensive coordinators. Yeah, and and that that's I like football. Yeah, football's so awesome. It's fun. It really Isn't is it good. This is why I can't. This is why I can't respond with yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it comes across. Now, in our defense, we're like 20 minutes into this, and we're not nearly as trash as we were last time without Nate. Like, did you say trash or trashed? Because both could have been true. Well, I mean, I'm, no, I'm just as trashed so I... as I was the first time. But we are not as, uh, we are not, that That was a joke, people. I, I still maintain my my piety. You, you, you'd be, you would be the same amount of trash, though, which would I, be That's not. true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am the exact same level of trashed as I was last time. But no, we're, we're doing a better job in terms of give and take until you said a bunch of things, and I went, yeah, <laughs> and just <laughs> brought the conversation to a screaming halt. Just like, wow, that, that was going really well there until you with your, yeah. So hold on. What, what, what did you say you brought the conversation to? A screeching halt. You said a screaming halt. Did I say screaming? You did, and I was just so excited to see if that's what you thought the phrase was because I love this is something that that uh, as she as she is known in public forums, girlfriend Renee just brings me constant joy with, where she will say things like "nip it in the butt" <laughs> or something to that to that extent, and it just I get so excited whenever I catch that, <laughs> and and we have to and get to go back to. Uh, now, really quick, one more time. What was the phrase you just said? And now she knows. Now she knows if she gets an idiom wrong, uh, you know, if she ever says, well, that's just the rule of plum. I'm, she'll know by the time I ask, wait a second, what was that one? That it's going to be a whole thing. The and rule it just, of I, plum? It, I made that one up. Oh, that I was like, that one oh, no, not Renee. Oh. That, one might, that, one might be on the, that one might be on the horizon, though. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> I like that. It's like, well, but if it's, it's got to be ripe enough I, for you to, that's I, I, you gotta, I, I do know that it, the expression is, you know, it comes to a screeching halt. I don't know why, but I really like the idea of something screaming to a halt. Like it can't I just, do too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. You're stomping on the brakes. You're stomping on the brakes. So they just, the light just went to yellow, just the wrong spot. And you're just, you're just, you're, you're slamming on the brakes. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. And so, no, that's a uh, that's good stuff. Now, <laughs> I don't even remember yeah. what we were talking about. It doesn't matter. The Chiefs rock. Matter. You know what else rocks, <laughs> dude? Let me just ask you. I and I, I genuinely oh mean boy. this. Okay, I hope because yep, I'm an optimistic guy. Like yes, and and this is here's the problem. Like after the Texans game, I kind of feel like I should write about some of the things that went on. Like like I could write about like you know the linebackers didn't look very good, guys. Maybe that's not so great. Um, yeah. but it's, there's so many good things to write about when the team's good. So it's like, why would I write about that? Cause there are some people that, that give me a hard time for that. They're like, why don't you write about anything bad? I'm like, cause the chiefs are like the best team in football and there's way more good things to write mm-hmm. about than bad. And I have well, done also like you have, I've done my time. Okay. And you you have more fun writing about the good thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's just true. Like, I don't know if it's the best 
I don't know if it's always the best thing or not, but that's just true. It, it is always the best thing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'll write about yeah. stuff if I think there's some predictive issue. Like last year when I wrote about Mahomes' happy feet and the interior line kind of having some problems. Um, you know, if it's a big yeah, one. Yeah, it was crazy that you said Mahomes was done, by the way. That was wild, so but you were wrong, up. I think. Oh. Um, but I tend to like to focus on the fun little things. But I, So I'm overly optimistic, though. I will, I'm will. i still mad that Gerald Poe never became a good player. Cyrus Gray looked decent at times. I don't know. like Cyrus Gray. Cyrus the so virus, old. man. He was going to save us all. Anyway, yeah, that nickname would not have held up. <laughs> um, he would have had to have been like he would have had to have turned into like Cyrus the Gray, and we could have done a whole like you don't, uh, Gandalf wait, thing. Hold up, have you not seen Con Air? No. Oh, dude, our readers are gonna be so our readers. <laughs> the people who read the transcription of this podcast this that podcast. definitely exists somewhere. Yeah. They are gonna be. So, um, oh no, I have no seen Connor. Connor. That's, that's like that's Nick Cage. Yes, right? that is Nick Cage. It's like yeah, peak Nick no, Cage. that one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not proud of. I mean, I'm rarely proud of not seeing movies. It's not. I'm not doing a bit. It's just I just haven't seen it, and that one bums me out a little bit because it feels. That feels like that would be good. Con Air is Con Air's fun. You would enjoy Con Air. It is peak Nick Cage. It is, I don't know a better way to describe it. I'm sure one of our loyal listeners will tweet later on. It's so funny because I don't always realize when Times Ours drops and suddenly my mentions just become bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, someone's listening to Times Ours. Um, but no, Con Air is really good. Movies I haven't seen. Yeah. And that's okay. One day you and I, when I'm in Kansas City, after we do the whole tase and ghost pepper thing, um, we're gonna sit down and just like watch a movie together and then do a podcast. And it'll be so much fun. I think let me allow me to butt in for a second. Um, yes, Dan. Yes, producer Danielle. I see. I introduced you for the new audience. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. If Josh is gonna see two peak Nick Cage films, mm-hmm. one's gotta be Con Air. Mm-hmm. And have you seen Face Off? Oh, uh, no. Face Off is the other one that's like I'm thinking would be great. I, I think doing yep. a Nick Cage double feature would be very good. I would have judged you so much had you not said Face Off as the other one. Because, I mean. Face yeah. Off is the perfect great bad movie. Oh, it is. It really is. And that's one you can, if that is on on like TNT or whatever, and you're flipping through the channels, yeah. there are very few scenes in that movie you're like, well, I should probably watch this. Like, yeah. yeah. The only thing about that movie that bugs the crap out of me is the, and Josh, this will make zero sense to you, but it will make sense I'm to sure. Seth. The John Travolta's like, I love you, I'm going to touch your face thing. Yeah, what is that about? Yeah. And what, I think they did it just so there would be recognition there on the part of another character. And they were like, how are we going to make sure this person recognizes that this is actually this person that she knows? And they're like, well, maybe we'll have him do this weird thing. Maybe she he does this weird face touchy thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he just well, this so, thing where he grabs people's faces, but like not violently, huh. but kind of creepily. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole deal, man. The only thing I would add there is that I feel like I have to correct you, Danielle. You say it wouldn't make any sense, but the idea of John Travolta just kind of doing something unexplained but also very underlyingly creepy is like the most believable thing that <laughs> anyone's ever said. Also, uh, also very true. John Travolta just having a face touching thing. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, sure. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, that makes yeah sense. I can see that. That feels right. Um. <laughs> so all right. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and this is crazy. People aren't going to know this. Danielle just died. She just powered <laughs> off. Like she, she, she's she, every time her mic turns back on or the show ends, she like powers back up again. It's wild. She, yeah, I'm actually she's a lived, robot. That's yeah. She's lived thousands of lives where she just power. <laughs> she powers down and then powers back up just whenever certain keywords are hit. And in this one, it was Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> you, I have a very, I have a particular set of uh, keywords. Yeah. That Con Air is yeah. one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like it's like Alexa or or. Uh, Google Home or whatever or Siri, but it's just it's just a series of Nick Cage film titles. <laughs> That's a good feature. I'll see I'll see you guys next time. You mentioned God in sixty seconds. <laughs> Man, I wish they- I could just say I wish I, I wish I guess you could, I could just say National Treasure. Set a timer for two hours from now. Like I wish I wish my phone would respond to that same. It's the National Treasure Book of Secrets. Set my alarm for 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. I wish I could do that. You know, I, I just realized, you know, when, when Danielle mentioned uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, I know everyone knows this, but Nick Cage has a lot of really watchable movies. And I, and a lot that are aren't. Yeah, yeah you're not <laughs> it's wrong. because Nick Cage has a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah he has never. Oh, man, okay, I got to harness my inner, my inner Nate. Man. Get get them checks. Get them <laughs> checks, Nick. Just get it and cash those checks, Nick. <laughs> oh, cash them. And buy dinosaur skulls with those checks, Nick. <laughs> A thing that he did. Oh, I miss Nick. Marry Elvis's daughter for like three days, I think. <laughs> I think he did that. Is that not true? I, did I make that true. up? I think, yeah. I'll live for his three I mean, days. I, I believe you. I. What's her name? <laughs> Lisa Marie Presley? Lisa Marie Presley. Hold on. Okay. Marriage. Let's find out how long. Uh 107 days later, they got they started filing for divorce. So not a long run, but they, they you know, they're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. This all started- this was about you this is about you being too positive. I'm too positive. So here's the deal. I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna make myself vulnerable. Josh, I'm going to make myself vulnerable, which I don't think you probably know much about the Enneagram, but I'm an eight. And if there's one th- I do know about it, but I can't remember. I've done it multiple times and I can't remember which one I am. So that probably I, makes me a two or something. I will ask I Jazz what, what you are and she will know. My wife is like the Enneagram whisperer. Um, <laughs> and it won't be flattering. I'm going to leave that one alone. No, I'm going to leave that one alone. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm scared um, of her. So, yeah, I'm scared of her. Anyway, so I, I'm going to make myself vulnerable. For eights, it's hard to be vulnerable. We, do, we don't want to put ourselves there because we know the world's a sure. dangerous place. And we know that if we right. let ourselves Nate's a good Nate's a good writer only whenever he's not on the podcast. Yeah, because well, it would make me vulnerable to tell him that. Because what if I compliment him and, and he doesn't reciprocate? Or he doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. to him. That would hurt. Great question. Man, even, yeah. even joking around about this is getting a little too real for me. So I'm going to keep speeding right <laughs> through this bit here. <laughs> I don't I don't need I'm starting to feel something. It felt like an emotion and I didn't like it. This bit this bit's gonna be gone in sixty seconds. Oh no, Danielle, no 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 no, 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 no. power down, power uh-uh. down. <laughs> um so I, I don't I don't like making myself vulnerable, but I'm gonna make myself vulnerable with a take. But first I gotta ask you, who do you think I'm thinking of right now? This is probably about you thinking Tershawn Wharton's like legit good. Right? I think Tershawn Wharton might be legit good, Josh. And I was just like, oh no, I'm just crazy. I mean, come on. He had a couple snaps. People just want to confirm their priors. And then I watched him. I'm like, 
man, this dude is like keeping pace with Deshaun Watson in the open field, and he's shoving yeah. an NFL center four yards back into the backfield. I'm, here's the issue. Here's the issue right here, Seth, is that I want to reward your um, your vulnerability with a very good conversation about Tershawn Wharton, oh, no. but I have to ask you a completely unrelated question first. <laughs> yes. Have you figured out your uh, your cable cutting streaming setup yet? You know what I haven't, Josh. That's right, baby. We're translating to an ad break. Let's go. I I haven't. I just I can't figure out what to do. It feels like there's so many options, and I'm confused. And everyone uh, has a different answer. It's you know, Seth. That's a great that's a great point. It is a difficult, scary world out there. Just sort of in general. That's the end of the commercial. No, it's not. Because if you're looking, like Seth is, to figure out where are you going to go in this in this journey as you try to figure out a way that you can get the channels you want at an affordable price, cut that cord. You don't need a dish on your house. You don't need a cable being dug in. You, you've got the magic of the internet, and that means you've got more choices, which is both a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. It's a good thing because you get more choices and, you know, an open market and all of those things, but also it can be a little overwhelming. So I'd like to tell you about Fubo.tv, Seth. Do I have your attention? You have my undivided attention. You've got you've got what you got a kid, right, Seth? I do have at least one. <laughs> you mar- Seth, you married? You got a you got a wife, Seth? Uh, you know, it's getting pretty late while we record, but last I checked, yes. Do they watch TV? They do. Fubo.tv has a family plan where three people can watch at one time. There's also a standard base plan with two screens at once. You're going to need three at least, though. You can do that with Fubo.tv. And if you're thinking, man, I'd love to give it a shot. Let me see what's what's cooking there in that first month. I could offer you, if you'd like, I could take 15% off of this bad boy. I just smacked, I just smacked the top of an invisible car. I'd like you to know that. I can take 15% off of this bad boy for your first month over at Fubo.tv. I can get you 30 hours of DVR. I can get you your local broadcast channels. And I can also get you a bunch of sports channels that I know you're looking for. Listen, you got you, you got a wife and a kid, you said? You, get, you probably, that means you're, you're a man that likes sports, I can imagine, right? Could I interest you in, I don't know, NFL Network, NBC Sports Network, FS1, ESPN, ESPN2, uh, and then also, you know, MTV, MLB Network, NBA TV. Uh, I see a little red zone logo in here. That's a good sign. Love that. ESPNU, Pac-12 Networks, uh, SEC Network, ESPN News. It's all on their website. And if you're thinking, man, Josh, that sounds like a great deal. I'd love to get more information. Where could I go? I say you can go to Fubo.tv or FuboTV.com. Both of the links will get you there. But Fubo.tv, you can go check it out. You can try it for free for seven days. And uh, you uh, you can check out... Anything you need in terms of uh, staying up to date as the NFL season is going here. And you can go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it, Seth, the man who, you got a kid, you said? That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. You can start your first month there today. Huh. I feel thoroughly convinced, sir. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. 
And now, a message from Liquid IV. This is The Athletic's Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. I just want to be loved josh okay no yeah, i'm no, leaning way too no, no, hard no, no. Let, go ahead lay down on the couch there's a nice little pillow there kick your feet up tell me about your childhood i just well you know my 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 dad was doing a lot of important work but that meant he wasn't really home a lot yeah and and i just kind of wanted to i mean and i'm and so seth i know you kind of feel a similar pressure right you you do a lot of work you're doing important work you uh write about tershawn wharton like do you feel like you've been there enough for your kids I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that's that's what it's all it's about. Powering through. It's about powering through. I, Seth, I need don't. I need Seth? a safe word. Seth? <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> all right. I, now I did bring a pineapple in. I thought you might want it. Now I'm going to go ahead and here's some pineapple. You can uh, enjoy some pineapple. We talk about if you think you're being a good enough father. You know, I usually think so, except like when I really think about how much time I spend talking about Dershawn Wharton, baby. <laughs> because then I realize it doesn't matter how good a father I am. All that matters is that I provide you, dear listener, with the content that you were looking for. <laughs> and you know what I do? Dershawn Wharton bleat. Tell me why he's for real. Tell me why you're buying yeah. the hype. Okay, first things first, Tershawn Wharton is not six foot four and two hundred and fifty-five pounds. That not. dude is six foot one, six foot two at most, and that dude weighs two eighty-five, and he is like twisted steel and sex appeal. I cannot believe I said that the second part. Tell me about tell me more about sexy Tershawn Wharton. <laughs> tell me about his curves. <laughs> Daniel, feel free to save me from that one if you Did want. Did you just call her Daniel? Um, yeah. Hold on, hold no. on. She can't know. She legally. She oh, re- hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm digging on. too deep, on, guys. Cage, I'm turning she red. Can't, no, she can't respond yet until. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Raising oh. Arizona. What's your name again? It's Danielle. I'm sitting here fanning myself. I'm like getting warm and embarrassed. Oh, Danielle. Is it, a, is it a one Nick Cage movie on, one off, or is there another actor's movies who just make you power down again? I'd like to f- I'd like to go ahead and flesh out this bit a little more. Let's stick with Nick Cage. It's funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> so it's Danielle, Seth. Um, if you'd like to issue an apology, that's fine. Go I ahead and now. I don't know 
Look, I don't know. I earlier today I noticed that I was saying a bunch of things that didn't make sense. Yeah. And so I'm just gonna go with just temporary insanity. Um, um Danielle, do you accept this not apology? <laughs> I accept. I'm so Ghost Rider! I'm sorry. Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tershawn Wharton. Did you know he was um, in the Croods? You rang? <laughs> no, 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 hold on, hold on. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. All right, I'm out of here. Was... How did they convince a sequel to happen in that? Okay, no, Tershawn Wharton. This is the reason I'm neglecting my children, Josh. Or, you know, you know, James, whatever name I try to call you today. Apparently, it doesn't matter. So let's talk some more about Kelechi Alsamali. I'm kidding. It's Tershawn Wharton. So here's the deal. This guy. Left he, behind he the a- wicker man. I just want to see if, <laughs> how quick that turnaround goes. Wait. Gosh. So Wharton started off as a defensive end. He played for, you know. Missouri S&T. Um, yeah, which is a place. That's a real place. It's a real place. E2, Mizzou, S&T, with college baby. football. Broke a bunch of Division II type records, school records. He was a D-end. And he basically has has bulked himself up to be the size of like a three-tech, right? Mm. Um, but the thing is, he is athletic. Like, he, he he legitimately was keeping pace with Deshaun Watson, running down the field with him. And I, because I was like, ah, because I had read that he, his, his trainer had claimed that he runs a 4-7. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Then I watched him. I was like, I think this dude might run a 4-7. Maybe a 4-7, he is just, he's hes stout. He plays with some power. Now, we're talking about 14 snaps. Sure. But to take an undrafted rookie free agent that went to a Division II school, no preseason to get ready, and he gets chucked out there because Colin Saunders gets hurt, That was, he played really well. He had multiple stuffs. The run defense was better with him in there than it was without. Now, he's got to work on double teams and learning to see angles of blocks that are coming at him, which is to be expected. He's a rookie. But he has just some guys, and we've talked about this before, like some guys just are stronger, right? Mm -hmm. There's no rhyme or reason to it. They weigh the same. They look kind of the same, but they're just stronger and he just has that sort of brute strength to him that allows him to kind of hold up at the point of attack against individual blockers and even get a little bit of push into the backfield the thing that might separate him from other guys that are kind of brutishly strong is he is not some like kind of behemoth type dude he can move and so there's a lot of work to do with hand fighting and certain things but man i liked him a lot and i thought i was taking crazy pills and i saw mike renner with pff uh, he made a comment to someone. He was just like, man, I don't know why they would draft a, another DN next year when they got Tershawn Warden. That guy was yeah. forklifting guys. Yeah. And he was. So I, I just, I, did you see that? Affirm me, maybe? Did you know that Nick Cage was in a movie called Mom and Dad where the tagline is, they brought you into this world, they can take you out? That came out in 2017. <laughs> what? Ah, damn it. No, 20- Danielle, leaving Las Vegas. Okay. That I didn't know that either. <laughs> I just all I wanted was for you to tell me that it's gonna be okay and maybe I'm not crazy. That it really Warden looks like he could play. Like Mike Dana got more run because uh because Alex Okafor got injured, but it really was Warden that impressed me the most so far with the snaps that I'm charting. And Mike Dana played half the snaps, a rookie, and he didn't embarrass himself. Good for him. 
Like the more film I'm watching on this, I'm like, man, the defensive line is deep. You can see how Breland speaks. I remember you and I were talking about this. Yeah. Um, are you looking up more Nick Cage movies? No, I just was reading the tag, the thing here. A teenage girl and her little brother try to survive a wild 24 hours during which a mass hysteria of unknown origins causes parents to turn violently on their own children. That's the plot of the movie that I mentioned earlier that sounds like mother and father, but I'm not going to say it again because I don't want to activate Danielle Bot 2000. Wow. <laughs> that seems horrifying, yeah, it's honestly. Got, bizarrely, it has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is absolutely stunning to me. You never know with movies like that. Occasionally, you get a movie like that where you're like, wow, that was really surprisingly good. Yeah, I'm um, stunned. Brilliant speech. <laughs> so, there, we, you and I and Nate, when we were talking about him getting cut, one of the things we said is, you know, maybe these young dudes are impressing and they're like, nah, these guys can play. Yeah. And no, yeah, they, they, gave, they gave Tershawn Wharton a roster spot when they absolutely did not have to. He was the yeah. perfect practice squad candidate. No one else would have... Like, Breland Speaks got a visit, I think, with Seattle. But, like, guys guys got cut and didn't get claimed this year because it's so hard to tell without any real tape and, and all of that. Like, they, they could have stashed him on the practice squad. They could have protected him on the practice squad. All of that seemed like a, a, a virtual lock. And they went, nope, we want him on our active roster. Yeah, absolutely. And, they, yeah, they made an affirmative statement with that. Because, yeah, Wharton... There's almost no way he's going to get claimed off the practice squad. Yep. And they added him saying, you know, we think... And he was he was the backup, right? Mm-hmm. You had Colin Saunders out there, which, you know, there might be an argument to be made whether Saunders is more of a, of a backup himself. It's more of a rotation there. And the plan was clearly to get Saunders plenty of snaps early. Mm-hmm. Um, Wharton's got a chance here because Pinnell doesn't come back till week three. It's going to be great and they're going to need him. But Pinnell is a, is a, is a pure nose, mm-hmm. right? Pinnell... Like, you know, the dude's listed at like 320 or something like that. That dude weighs 335, all right? Mm-hmm. He is a large human. Um, so whereas whereas Wharton is more of a three-tech type, more of a gap shooter, and then uses his power against individual blockers, more similar to what you see Chris Jones do, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think he's got a chance to earn a spot here. You know, Saunders is going to be out for a little while. Hope he heals up well. And the dislocated elbow it looks like it might be up to four or five games, give or take. We'll see how it goes. But Wharton's got a chance here. And he's also a guy with his athleticism. You can put him on the edge or rotate him inside. Um, or actually, I should rather say you have him inside and you can rotate him to the edge. Right. And that's valuable in Spagnolo's system. It's like why they, one of the reasons they like to know Passigno. So I don't know, man. I was just surprised. The rookies, if Veach has a rookie class that contributes like last year's did, every other NFL team should just go home right. and just say, that's it. He has he has conquered drafting. He had one year where things did not go so hot. Did not work. And now he just doesn't know how to do anything but win. And so it's uh I don't I don't know, man. It it was it was super impressive uh, uh looking at the tape. And just seeing kind of that, I don't know, just these young dudes stepping up. And that's like the that's like the nightmare scenario for opposing teams right now. Because the idea was, okay, the Chiefs kept the band together. But the only hope for the rest of the NFL after they, you know, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl is, well, they, they kept the band together to run it back. So the rest of us need to get better. And they stayed the same. But if they get a bunch of contributions from some young guys, it's a big deal. The other thing that that I think is like the uh, another reason that Wharton will get lots of chances to, to make his impact is like, you look at that defensive line, it's expensive. Like even, even Luke, like Alex Okafor, who, who won't be here next year. And like, that's his, his contract next year has been voided. Like, especially obviously Chris Jones and Frank Clark. We, we, we obviously this, this show was about the fakeness of the salary cap in large part, but you, you can't 
theoretically shouldn't probably sign huge money guys at all four of your main defensive line spots. And if you can offset that with the with the undrafted free agent rookie contract playing next to, to Chris Jones or or even just rotating in there some, I mean, you, you, you find those things and you find guys who can contribute in spaces like that. That's what makes the salary cap so malleable is that you say, yeah, no, we're going to, we'll pay these guys at the top and we're going to get some great contributions from elsewhere. And so, yeah, I think it's totally fair to be that level of, of optimistic. And if it, if it doesn't work out, then it, 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 he played well for his, whatever it was, a dozen or so snaps on Thursday and we'll see how he develops. I, I think that's, I think that's totally He helped fair. them win one game if that's, you know, yeah. if it doesn't work out. It's like, hey, remember that time? But it really, it was impressive. You know, Houston's line isn't great. You know, let's see if the Chargers line can play the Chargers offensive line. Known for its... Uh... Yeah, it's 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 bolsterousness. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, but you know what? I haven't looked at them this year. Maybe they've gotten better. But it really was impressive. And if they can get some strength along that interior, that'll help them. Because they, they do still clearly have some run defense issues to work out. We need to talk about Chiefs uh, Chargers. That game happens here in a little bit. And uh, I've got, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give you one thing I'm interested in. You can you can check my work on this, and then I'd love to hear something you're keeping an eye on as we look ahead to that game. Um, obviously, yeah. today's show is not going to be us breaking it down matchup by matchup. Personally, I think we all enjoy talking about the thing after it happens even more. So that, you know, we'll see. And also, maybe next week we'll have all 22 before, uh, you know, Thursday at 5. But uh, that's It not- was more like Thursday at, like, 8.30 at night. Was it really? Ugh. Well, it that's not true because that's what it is right now. Oh, crap. <laughs> that's did you, did you have something scheduled for Thursday at 8.30 that you just realized? Oh, please, not I'm, anymore. <laughs> I'm very late. Um, I What I'm interested in is is for all of the rookies we've talked about showing up and, and playing well on Thursday night, Willie Gay Jr. did not have a defensive snap against the Texans. And I not. don't think that is the Clyde Edwards-Alaire not catching a pass thing. We're like, oh, they're just not going to. They don't have to do it yet, so they're not going to. I think getting Willie Gay Jr. snaps would be good for his development at this point. And he had, again, zero defensive snaps. Dorian O'Daniel had a handful kind of spying Deshaun Watson, had a sack even. Um, that is a little bit unnerving to me, especially because Austin Eckler is is going to be one of the focal points of this offense. I'm, I'm not generally afraid of the Chargers offense. I, I think like Legereus Sneed versus Keenan Allen or if Trevorius Ward will or won't play, Oof. which Nate has reported, he may play, but we just don't know yet still. It still depends on if he practices. He hasn't yet this week as of going through Thursday. Um, you know, there, there are a few things to keep an eye on. I, I think the Chiefs are the better team here by a, a large margin. But I would be interested to see if they do try to let Willie Gay play, if it's literally just, hey, you have Eckler here. I, I don't I don't even know if that's smart defense, right? Because if he's just, I, 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 I even then, like, I don't know if, if they feel like Gay can react on that quickly enough. But um, it, it just seems like, him covering Austin Eckler out of the backfield was like the most exciting, perfect role for him coming out of college and, and through the draft. And I will be a little bit bummed if we get zero defensive snaps from him again. Um, I would be too, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. Yeah, just that's because it, it would just bum me. I would be bummed. Would, I, not even necessarily worried for the record, but just it would bum me out because this felt like a matchup that we'd see something from him in. Absolutely. And it really is just kind of a situation where it's – 
if they were comfortable with him playing, he would have played, right? right. I mean, they had no problem playing rookies. Yep. And so there's clearly something there because, you know, O'Daniel couldn't get on the field last year. And and he he did get on the field on snaps that you think could go to gay. Mm -hmm. And so my assumption is there's something going on there where they're like, nah, you're just not ready. Yeah. Um, whether it's Spagnuolo's defense, what have you. Um, it would be nice to see O'Daniel get some more snaps then. Like, I mean, they need more athleticism at that spot. And neither Hitchens or Wilson, at least on my first watch, played particularly well um, against the run or the pass. Yeah. And so they, I'd really like to see them figure something out. Now, the defense did well overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Houston had only scored seven when the game was actually in doubt, right? Right. One so, thing on that uh, front real quick that I just I do want to throw in as a, as a quick side note. That's totally true. We've talked about like garbage time and whatnot. That was also after the corner spot got weakened by losing its best player. Like th- I think that there's there's somewhere between zero and a little. Like there's, there's, I think there's a little something to take away there basically. I don't I don't think Yeah, totally yeah, there's a little something off. for sure. Ward Ward being out definitely it it hurts. Yes. He's a good player. Um and so I I just the linebacker stuff is concerning. Not seeing Willie Gay Jr. out there, it makes me assume that we're not going to see much of him for a little while. Yeah. Now we'll yeah. see, but it's hard for me to believe they go from zero snaps to significant snaps, and and it feels more to me like you know well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring you along slowly, and we'll see what things are at in the middle of the year. Um, but yeah, zero snaps was was disappointing to me. And so, I mean, we can take that. Is there, is there another matchup that you're keeping an eye on right now as we as we do look ahead to Sunday just a, just a little bit? Um, I do think, you know, the, the cornerbacks against uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor, whether or not he can find them. And, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Tyrod Taylor, but I think he is who he is at this point mm-hmm. in the league, right? Um I'm interested in that. I am interested in their sideline to sideline speed covering a team that on offense. I mean, I don't know. You know, the the, the Texans have a lot of fast dudes, and David Johnson kind of looked pretty good, like mm-hmm. like himself again. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't look like he was running through sand like he did, you know, last year where he he must have been hurt. Um, but you know, the the Chargers got some speed, especially you know when you talk about Taylor and the way that he plays and Eckler, and they. I'm just curious what the sideline to sideline speed looks like. But I'm just really intrigued um, to see the the young guys. I think we know what we have in a lot of the Chiefs roster, right? We know Jones and Clark are great together. I'm writing about that for the the piece on the Athletic. Um, but the the thing I'm curious about, you know, hey, can Wharton put it together two solid games in a row? Because even then, it's still a really small sample size. But it becomes a little more real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you know, hey, how, how can Mike Dana play if he if he gets to play? I'm hoping. I don't know about Okafor's status. Um, I'm just curious about those young guys and how the the Chargers defend the Chiefs and if we see any change in what we might have expected based on what they did in week one against Houston. Because it was such a different offense. So I'm curious about all those things, which was a lot more than one. No, but I think that's I think that's good because I I'm interested in in pretty much all of those things. The one thing that I will uh, lend Nate's voice to this to the show again today. I, I was texting with him 
uh, day or two ago and eventually got to the, we were talking about the all 22 and trying to figure out like what was going on there. And at one point, uh, Nate said something to the extent of uh, the, the, Chief, the Chiefs could not get the All-22 and they would still be in perfectly fine shape against the Chargers. I will not editorialize <laughs> beyond that for him. I will say what I said is that on their new beautiful scoreboard they have there in L.A., they could literally put up the Madden-style play art as the Chiefs went to the line of scrimmage, and I still think they'd win this game by 10 points. You, I, I, <laughs> they are a much better team. Yeah, all um, the things, almost on, all the things you mentioned there really don't feel like they're about the Chargers. Like those are like Chiefs long. T- you mentioned Tershawn Wharton again. That's not something you talk about in, in a game that you're nervous by. Yeah, that's, that that's, yeah, I'm just not nervous. Um, yep. they, They've done, the Chargers have played the Chiefs tougher than the Broncos or the Raiders, but by and large, they still just haven't been that good. And a lot of what the Chargers have done that have hurt the Chiefs have been Rivers playing well until he doesn't. Right. Yeah. Um. He plays really well, and then he throws like three picks. Yeah. And, and Tyrod it makes you that, nervous probably. during the time. Yeah, I don't think he will. Um. He doesn't throw picks very much, but he also doesn't find open players the way Rivers does. Also true. Um. Or anticipate blitzes, etc. And I just think their defense without Derwin James, I think they still have a really good defense. But James is just the catalyst for so much of what they do, especially against the Chiefs. Um. I'm curious if maybe they try to have Chris Harris Jr. play man on Kelsey. Um, they, they, they've got some options, but Derwin James was just such a key for them in terms of being able to, to utilize their normal defensive game plan. So I just don't see this one being close, but you know, we'll see the whole, any given Sunday thing is going to have to be a hard lesson. We'll learn at some point this year when the chiefs drop a game that we think they should win. Like the Titans game last year, right? When Yumi and Nate spent the whole week joking around, they were like, holy crap, they beat them. Now that required some insane shenaniganry right. with the kicking game. Right. But it can happen, but it, it, it would be a huge upset. I was I literally was doing some math in my head, and I I, I swear I was going to say, I, this this game just has like a 34 to 20 vibe to me where the game's never really that close. And then I realized that was the final score of Chiefs-Texans, and I'm in reruns. But I really do think <laughs> that's, kind of where, that's kind of where my head is at. Does that feel right for you? Yeah, it feels about right. All right, well... Uh, <laughs> good energy on the end of the uh, hold on I need uh, well, you know what I'll give you Nick Cage fact at, as we end the show he has 107 actor credits on his IMDB do you know how hard it is to make a movie like how much time and effort goes into unbelievable. it unbelievable and, and he's got obviously like a few from the 80s most of those are 90s and beyond and he did some in 2011, oh, it's gonna be. This is gonna be a tough stretch for the Danielle bot. Here are movies that Nick Cage was in in 2011: Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, Seeking Justice, Trespass, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. That's five. And then Dan, on, I'm still on. on off, I'm still on, on. Off on. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then, and then he then he debuted in the Croods in 2013. Got it. Uh, out. <laughs> That's a lot of movies to do in a year, and that he was on that pace for a while. Anyway, yeah, uh, no, he getting them checks. Man, checks, Nate baby. is going to be so confused when we mention a Nick Cage movie next week, <laughs> and and Danielle just pops on. Uh, if you would like to prepare Nate for that bit, you can tweet him and follow him on Twitter at by Nate Taylor for more from Seth, including the Chief of the North newsletter, which I would encourage anyone to check out uh, at Real MN Chiefs Fan on Twitter. If you would like to see my four favorite movies, I've tweeted those today at JB Briscoe. 
Uh, that's it for this episode of Time is Ours. We'll be back on Monday, I think. And uh, as always, if you're looking for something on The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash timesars for a deal to sign up and uh, and hop in to be able to read things about Andy Reid's mask. Uh, Nate's not here. My role has been the same. So, Seth, you have to come up with something funny to end the show on. I ignore my children so I can chart the snaps of Tershawn Wharton. The least you can do is subscribe to the Chief of the North newsletter. Please. He was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, he was.